Welcome to the Whistle Way podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego. And my name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you got a question, you want to have us answer it on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, email newsletter, and private Facebook group where I share a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff and, and tricks and tips that we're working on. And you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind course, which has taken everything Brian and I've learned about creating video over the last eight years together and how we've shot thousands of videos with millions of views and gonna teach you everything that you need to know to go and integrate media into your real estate business. And that is half off right now. So check that out at thewhistleway.com. With that said, what's our topic, Brian? That was pretty quick, that was good. Yeah. Uh, today we're gonna to be talking about- a couple about, times. Yeah, um, today we're talking about something that not one specific person asked or two specific people, but I think uh, all the people, the, yeah, the people with a real estate license uh, and the people that live in the United States. I think everyone is about asking about this. Um, and obviously the market has shifted um, or is shifting. I don't know. I don't know if we can say it's been done yet. Um, I don't think it is. But things are slowing down now that we've seen a bit going crazy for the past two years. Right. Now that depends what you're saying, right? What what does slowing down mean? I don't know. You tell me. You're the you're the one that knows. <laughs> you what this said is. it. So what is slowing? This is the thing, right? Like, what does that mean, though? Um, homes aren't selling as quickly or as crazily as they have been in the last two years. With the so we're just gonna make up words now. Yeah. Okay. With the uh, increaseification of interest rates and the. <laughs> I'll never forget when my. Um, stepsister <laughs> used the term favoritist and oh. insisted that it was a real word and that we look it up. And I'm not going to tell you what it says, but you might want, if you look at the Urban Dictionary definition of favoritist. I thought you were going to do the, the fact that it had scones on the house. Oh, all the things. Brandy, I love you, girl. <laughs> or the, the person who draws blood from you, the floor and bottomist. All those, <laughs> all those great things. I miss, miss having her. Anyways, so uh, things have changed. Homes are not selling in zero point. Like we're not having to do days on market based on seconds anymore. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And we don't have to do. Uh, we don't have to present offers in in, in triple digits anymore uh, to our sellers. Yeah. Which is a correction of the market, uh, not a crash. We're not seeing that. We're, it definitely hasn't crashed as of yet. Um, whether that will or will not, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but obviously, sellers that are putting their house on the market today versus six months ago are flipping their shit right now. They're like, oh, it's been a, we've had like three people call and no one showed up and the open house doesn't exist and we're, we won't have 20 offers within the first 20 minutes. What's going on? How do you prep your sellers and tell them like, like what do you tell your sellers? For sure. And so just to, to hit on the market, I have a lot of people asking me, like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Here's, here's my, my opinion, which I've done this for, record this. Right? Yeah, we're going to record this. So that way we can look back at it in the yeah. future and make sure if you're right or wrong. Go yeah. ahead. So I've done this for, I've been licensed for like 15 years. I've been in the industry for 20 years and I have a degree in economics. And here's my prediction. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows. Uh, my prediction is, 
over the next 12 months, we will be flat, plus or minus 10%. That's my prediction. I'm giving myself a 20% range of what I think is going to happen. That's I pretty safe. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe, right? I don't know, and nobody knows. And anybody who says they know is just bullshitting you and is guessing because um, nobody knows, right? We were in this moment, uh, you know, two and a half years ago when COVID first hit. When COVID first hit, you know, we all thought the world was ending. Like, this is it. This is how we're all going to go. And two months later, the market skyrocketed. We went from literally not even being able to physically go inside of a house to the craziest real estate market we've ever seen. Positive real estate yeah, market. Yeah, you know, positive appreciation, real estate market, number of home sales, all of that. So who predicted that? Nobody. Nobody. If somebody can claim they predicted that we were going to go up 20% year over year, two straight years after COVID, find me a video and prove it because I don't think there's anybody. Um, so I don't know. Could this be the same thing all over again? Could we have this like kind of moment of panic for a little while and then we go to the moon again? Maybe. Could we panic and go into a spiral and and fall through the floor? Maybe. I think you should predict each one, and then we'll cut that one clip out. <laughs> we'll date stamp it. We'll cut that one clip, and we'll we'll use that in two years. <laughs> yeah, we'll record three versions of this <laughs> podcast, and then we'll use the one we need to that will make me look good in a few years. No, because that's there. There's the people that have been predicting the market's going to crash for like ten years, and then when it finally crashes, I'm like, see, I told you. It's it like right well, around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, if I listen to you for the last nine years, I missed out on a ton of opportunity. But there's going to be those people inevitably. Yep, um, so anyways, yeah. So as, as far as like where it's going to go, I don't know. I, I, I legitimately am torn. I, we could go down. We could see a pullback. Now, there's a, a technical definition of correction, which ties more to the stock market than the real estate market. But if you want to take the stock market definition of a correction, that's 10% or more. So correction is defined as 10% decrease. Yeah. Um, Do I, I I think that's worst case over the next 12 months. Um, I think most likely case is relatively flat. And I think best case is up 10%. So that's my prediction on what we're going to do. But I don't know. Um, You saw rates jump up a few weeks ago. And I learned one of my lenders taught me this. And this is playing out completely true is, they go up like an elevator and they go down like stairs. So you'll see rates jump. I mean, you saw rates jump almost a point in a day, but they've actually since then, and now we're recording this today, just I think whenever we talk about this stuff, we got to date stamp it. This is June 27. So it's Monday, June 27, 2022. Um, you saw rates go up a few weeks ago, a whole point, and then they've been slowly falling back down like stairs since then. Um, and like so that's gas how prices. it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, $7.30 a gallon for diesel right now. It's awful. <laughs> Thank goodness for Tesla. Um, all right. So back to the original question from the rabbit hole, which yeah. I forgot because I went down a super deep rabbit hole there. What conversations are you having with current sellers or yes. potential sellers to kind of prep them for what is currently happening? Yeah. So the big thing is, We've got to make sure that we're not looking in the rearview mirror and we got to make sure we're looking in out through the windshield. And if we're comparing what happened three months ago or what our friend sold their place for, what our neighbor sold their place for three months ago, like we got to throw that out the window. That doesn't matter at all. We got to look at where are we at today and where are we going? And we can at least project 
30 days out. I can confidently project 30 days out, which is all I need to project when I'm talking with one of my sellers. I don't need to project three years out with my seller today. So confidently, I can tell a seller, this is where rates are at. This is what I think is going to happen. I believe, at least in San Diego, we saw closings in April. You had to pay 107% of list price in April. And then in May, it was 105%. Now, this is what closed. So we got to make sure, right? What closed in May actually went pending in March and April. Um, but it was that was at 105%. I think by the time we see the data of what went pending in June, I think it will be right around 100%, potentially even a little under. And it's okay that it's under. Now, that's off of original list price. And the reason for that is, is a lot of agents are relying on shitty data. Like, oh, well, last if I pull the data, if I go on my MLS's website today and I pull the data they provide and I look at the most recent data, it says original uh, sale price to original list price is 105%. That's, that's the data I have as a realtor. Now, I know way better, and hopefully those of you that are watching know way better, that that is data of what closed in May, which means it went pending in March and April. But a lot when of things people, were super, super hot. the hottest, you know, the, the peak of the craziness. But that's not the reality. But a lot of agents don't know that. A lot of agents are like, they pull up data with 105%. Okay, well, the last comp was a million. We're going to price at a million fifty. Yeah, that's I feel the, like that was the, the strategy of like, well, this one sold two doors down for for X. Let's put it ten percent over 10% that. Percent above, yeah. And let's go. Like and, that was the strategy, <laughs> and it worked. And, it and then they got over asking on that too. Yep. So, so you're seeing there's a lot of price reductions right now. I mean, at last data I pulled from Altos Research, Altos.re, there's like thirty one percent of the homes in San Diego have had a price reduction. Now, what is what does that really mean? Like, well. A lot of those are the homes that were priced five or 10% above the last model match comp. And now they're pricing back down, getting closer to reality. If the last home sold for a million, I think the next home's going to sell for around a million. The problem is people are still doing what they were doing 90 days ago and they're pricing at a million fifty, a million seventy, million one. Like they're still living in the past. So that's where I think that it we need to understand we're probably more flat. So first thing we got to do is we got to look at the comps a little differently than we were. We're not taking the highest possible comp and then adding five to 10% on. Let's look at the comps and let's go back to fundamental CMAs and let's figure out what, what's the bracket year comps, what's the high end, what's the low end, and then where do we fall within those brackets and that's where we need to price it. You've got to price it in line with sold comps right now. You cannot project above sold comps. You've got to be much more realistic with it because if you overprice a home in this market, you are not only shooting your seller in the foot, but you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're setting yourself up for a very shitty transaction. Your, your, your job has been so easy as a listing agent for the last couple of years to where even if you missed the price by 5%, you were still getting offers. Like the market made you look good as a listing agent. Well, guess what? This market's going to make you look really bad as a listing agent. And so if you screw up and you overprice your homes, you're going to end up having a lot of very difficult conversations with your sellers all right, we got to adjust the price again. We got to adjust the price again. We got to adjust the price again. No showings, no showings. Got to adjust, no showings. Got to adjust, no showings. That is not fun. Like the the heyday of like, oh, we'll put it on on Friday and then we'll have multiple offers on Monday and we'll pick our favorite one or, or we'll go back highest and best and try to get more money. Like that shit's done, at least for now. 
So you really got to go back to the fundamentals right now and really start understanding how to comp. If you have just been pulling up comps and just picking a number and, and putting it out there, like that, those days are done. I think most of us need to go back and have a little refresh, a uh, little refresher course on pulling comps and understanding how to truly value a property. Um, so I think that's part one is understanding like how to actually truly value property and pricing in line with the comps, not just pulling a number out of our butt and knowing the market's going to cover us if we screw up. Yeah, because you didn't, I mean, you didn't, ha- you could put the number out, whatever you wanted. You could put $1, have no idea what comps are. Um, and the market's going to tell you what they're going to pay and it's going to be over what it should sell for. Yeah. So you really didn't, unless you totally messed up and priced it a million dollars over, like it was, that was easy. Cool. So I think that's part one. Um, Part two is you got to have a realistic conversation with the seller and help them to understand that what their friend sold for, what their neighbor sold for, how quickly it sold or how much above list price it sold. Like we got to have a realistic conversation with them that this is the market we're in. We're projecting to see properties relatively flat. We're projecting that the days on market is probably going to be about two to three times as high. Now, two to three times as high. Of Our market time was like <laughs> four days yeah. for a little while there. So now maybe it's going to take, you know, a few weeks for it to sell. Like got to have that conversation with your, with your seller and let them know. Because if they go into this because their neighbor sold quickly for 7% above list price in four days, if that's the expectation they're going in with and it doesn't happen, you're screwed. Like that's really hard to recover from. So you got to spend a little bit... <clears throat> I have spent a little bit more time up front with your seller to get them up to speed. Hey, here's where the market's at. Here's what I recommend we price it at. Here's how long I think it's going to sell, take to sell. And, you know, you got to go through all of that. The The conversation, and if you're watching or you're listening right now, this is where you grab a pen or open your notepad on your phone. These are the, <clears throat> the script that I use with my clients. And now you got to understand you're going to adjust this based on your market. If you're in, um, you know, the hottest part of town and there's still a lot of activity. Maybe you go higher on the number of showings. If you're in a remote town where, you know, you don't have a whole lot of people, you're going to go a little lower. But the conversation that I, I typically have with the seller is once we list the home, we're typically looking to see an average of two to three showings per week. If at any point we have two consecutive weeks where we don't see two to three showings per week, that's the market letting us know that they're not seeing alignment between the price and the home. It's not even a getting them excited enough to come see the home. So while you and I know your home is absolutely amazing, the price is not enticing people to come see the home. So that's the market letting us know we need to make an adjustment because I want them to come see your home. Your home is amazing, the backyard on all the work you guys have done to it, and they just need to get out here and see it but the current price is not getting them out here. So we need to make an adjustment. You can call, you have to get rid of the word reduction and it's either adjustment or improvement. So we need to do a price improvement or we need to do a price adjustment. Those are two other ways. You just remove the word reduction and change it. And it it makes this conversation go a lot easier. So two to three per week. If we don't see that, that's a market letting us know the price isn't attractive enough to get somebody to come see the home. Then the second part of it is we're typically looking to see an offer within 10 showings. So if we get to the point where we've had 10 showings and we haven't received an offer, that's the market letting us know that the price was attractive enough to get them to come see the home, but now there's something about the home that's not aligning with the price. And in that scenario, we need to go back and we need to look at the feedback that's been provided 
and figure out is the problem something that we can fix, something that we can adjust. So it could be the carpet smells like cat piss. The colors. I knew you'd go there. Yeah. Yeah. There's ice cream smeared all over the walls. Like it could be something like that. Like your Dungeons and Dragons cave is creeping people out. That's like, not me. It could not, be. No. <laughs> it could be that. Um, and so bad. Those are those are things that we could change. It could be also be you back up to a cemetery or a freeway or an industrial plant. Like power you can't lines. Power lines. You can't change those things. So now we got to look at where are we at on the feedback. Is it something where we can actually? Oh, the carpet smells cool. Let's tear the carpet out. Let's put some fresh carpet in there. Okay, that we could change. But if it's backing up to power lines, that you can't change. So the only thing you can do is you can adjust the price to compensate for the fact you back up to power lines. So that's a conversation we got to have, right? Which you actually, like, you need to get feedback on your properties now, guys. Like, I know this is new to some of you, but this is what you do. If somebody shows your home and doesn't write an offer, you need to call them and find out how the showing went and why did they not write an offer. And you need to keep a log of all of that feedback. Because you need to be able to have that conversation with your seller. All right, we've had 12 showings. We haven't received an offer yet. Here's the feedback. Here's my you know, my recommendation of what we do moving forward. And that's either get rid of the cat piss carpet or we adjust the price because of the power lines. But you don't know if that's the problem if you're not getting the feedback from the agents. So you got to get comfortable. Don't just rely on showing time. Like agents are freaking lazy. Why are they? Now, we teach our agents, you know, is... If you give feedback, you'll get feedback, right? Do what you want agents to do, and it's going to come back to you. So we should all, as an industry, let's raise the bar. And if somebody requests feedback from you, let's give it to them. You know what? And if they don't request feedback, let's still give it to them because they need the feedback. They just don't know it. But let's all help each other out. Let's all give feedback after a showing so we can help the listing agent who can then help the seller. Um, I think it's super important. You said two words in there, especially in the first part of it, that I really liked. Uh, one, you talked about adjustment a lot. Price improvement, price adjustment. I like price adjustment better. I think price improvement as a consumer, I try and put my consumer hat on. That seems like you're trying to say something nice when you when it's not. Like, oh, we you're not, you're not going to the gym to do a weight improvement. Like, come on. I need like, a weight improvement God, right me now. too. Don't, let's not talk about it. The I went other, to the fair yesterday. I need a big weight improvement. <laughs> the other thing that I love that you talk about is you use the word alignment. But the price isn't in alignment with the value. You didn't say your home's overpriced because, again, people immediately get um, defensive there. But I love that word alignment of these two things are out of alignment. And people can understand that. And I don't think they would take that as personally of like, obviously. It's not going to be like, yep, they, they love it. They want to pay a million dollars. Then why didn't they pay a million to fuck if I know? Um, so two you sound those... like chiropractors. We're talking about alignments and adjustments <laughs> and all this. Chiropractors are digging this conversation. Um, the other thing that you talked about, I want to add a little bit more context before we go into our widget. Um, you talked about feedback for a minute, and I like that, especially for showings. One of the things you told um, our agents over the weekend is if you're holding an open house for someone, which the last two years people have been begging people to hold open houses, you said make sure you give them feedback you said the positive feedback, the negative feedback, the number of uh, guests, right? Yeah, so I want to know how many people came. Th- what I started to realize is I was asking my agents for feedback, and they'd be like, oh, well, Sally and Bob Smith came in. They live around the corner, and they have a little dog. I don't care, <laughs> nor does the seller care. What do they have to say about the house, okay? So I want to know number of showing or number of people who came through, 
Is know. that number of groups or number of individual people? Doesn't matter. I want. I'd prefer to know how many groups came yeah. through. That's the more important because that's how many prospects came through. Yep. If it's a family of eight, and then you like eight people came through, but it was only one group, like that's that's different. So the number of groups is more important. Um, so number of groups that came through, the positive feedback, the negative feedback. Most importantly, the negative feedback. Don't don't be like everybody loved it. You have a great house. It should sell sell soon. Shut the fuck up and give me real feedback, please. I need it. My seller needs it. Well, so what's great about the, that? Give me the real feedback. Like is, you're doing me a disservice. You're doing the seller a disservice. Oh, it's a great home. It'll sell soon. Shut up, please. Well, and the great thing about that is uh, we had one of our agents talk about um, NLP, Mike Proctor, um, and he talked about different things we could do. But at this point, you can say, like, you're not the bad guy in this situation. You said, hey, my agent held an open house. There was 22 groups that came by. They love the layout and the flow. But these are the negative. You're not telling them the negative things. You're not the bad guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It wasn't me. I don't think the power lines going through your master bedroom is a bad idea. I think that's super cool. But everyone that came by said it was an issue. Um, so that helps you divert the blame. Um, and you're like, yeah, they're, they're assholes. But they all said it. So let's let's look into it a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. There's another strategy you can use to get that is broker open houses or broker caravans. Those can be really helpful when you have a house that's not selling because now you get all the local brokers to come through the house and you ask them for feedback. So when we have them come through, we have them fill out a little feedback card and ask them for their straight feedback. And then you get them to write down what they liked, what they didn't like and give that to the seller. And now you say, hey, I had eight of the top brokers in town come through and here's their feedback. That's pretty valuable, right? Yep. If you need to go in for like, if it's not selling and you got a seller who's like, Oh, it's, it's, the house is fine. The house is fine. And you get eight of the top, you know, brokers, top agents in town that come through and, and they all say the same thing. And I'll literally scan them in. I have them write it on paper and I'll scan it in, send it to the seller. So the seller doesn't think right. Cause the seller is always going to like want to see it with the rose colored lens. Like, no, here's, their real feedback from the brokers. Here's what they're saying. And I don't put the broker's name. I have them write it on a, um, a different part. But like, here's here's the eight people who came through and here's what their feedback was. It's really valuable. So yeah. if you need, if you have a seller who's not wanting to like listen to you, have a caravan and get the broker's feedback and relay that feedback to your seller. And then now maybe they'll realize like, all right, hey, this this is what people are saying. Like the cat piss and the power lines are a big deal to people. Go figure. I don't think that's true, but that's fine. <laughs> Brian would love it. It's gross. <laughs> all right. But I think we we didn't even dive into a lot of the marketing and all that, but we dove into just kind of the setup and the conversations that you got to have. I think the last part, and then we'll go on to our widgets, is you've got to set up a cadence with your seller of how often you're going to update them. And you got to have conversations. I got a seller right now um, where I've been doing a lot of updating via text and email and it became pretty evident to me that they need to have some phone conversations. And so I would recommend, depending on your market and your workload, that you're setting up to either have a weekly or a bi-weekly conversation, whether it's a phone or Zoom or in person. You got to have that meeting or recalibration meeting at least every two weeks at a minimum once you're live on the market, if not every week. Um, I would think especially every week because they're expecting it to be sold already. Yeah. I think right now you probably weekly is going to be better as the market stabilizes and normalizes a little bit more where people realize, oh, it actually does take a few weeks, maybe even a, a month or two to sell. 
then you can go to bi-weekly because weekly can get a lot. I mean, we have 60 plus listings right now. Like it's pretty tough to have that many conversations. So you'll adjust that accordingly. But I think you need to have conversations. You need to just block off an hour or two. And it's just every Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. I don't like those on Mondays or Fridays. So typically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you got to be having those conversations and you just block that time off in your calendar and you let your sellers know like, hey, every Wednesday between two and three, I'll be reaching out to get you an update on things and we can discuss strategies like cool. that. That should be it's called like a pipeline review is what a lot of people will call it. Um, and you just got to have those conversations on a, a weekly basis right now. I like it. Cool. Uh, you have the same screenshot that I pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready. Yep. All right. I'm coming prepared. Oh, I can get, there's my widget. I'll, Go ahead. I'll take a simple one. All right. Um, hopefully <laughs> you guys got some value out of the show today. Uh, if you did, if you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit that thumbs up button, let YouTube know. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. You have some questions about the episode, throw them in the comment section. And if you want more of the content, you can hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. And YouTube will make sure to notify you every time we drop a new episode. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, if you made it all the way this far and you're hearing this, if you could write a review on whatever platform, so if you're on um, iHeart or Spotify or Pandora or iTunes or wherever you're listening, if you could throw a review, maybe just write a sentence or two. It's just really appreciated. We really want to grow our podcast audience. So thank you in advance for that. And if you got questions or topics you want us to hit on a future episode, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, email newsletter, and private Facebook group where we share a lot of tips and tricks and get dialed in with our video content creation course called Media Mayor Mastermind. We'll teach you everything Brian and I have learned over the last eight years of cranking out media together and put a nice little package for you to watch at your leisure. And it's half off right now. So visit thewhistleway.com and get dialed in with that course. Before we wrap, we want to dive into something we call our whistle widget of the week. This is something that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got for us, Brian? This is one that I haven't personally used yet, um, but I think I, we're going to look into it. Um, I've seen it on Instagram Reels. I've seen it on TikTok. Uh, on a call I was on today, someone mentioned that they're using it with their virtual assistant. Um, and it's called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. And there's some really cool things of helping with uh, video transcriptions, adding in subtitles. Um, they call it, they have overdub stuff. I, Lots of really cool things. It's kind of like a, a web-based video editor from what I've seen. Um, and again, something I'm going to look into more. And I was looking at pricing. It's really affordable from what I've seen. So basically unlimited everything is 24 bucks a month if you pay annually, which is not a lot compared to what it can do. And if I remember correctly, um, what I've seen is you can actually go into this. It'll watch your video and it'll actually pull out It'll show you the, the transcript and you can actually delete words and it deletes it from your video. So you can delete your filler words. You can delete curse words. I don't know if you can rearrange things, but it's a really clever way to uh, do some video editing that I haven't seen in anything else. So Descript.com is my widget this week. Cool. I'm going to share one because um, it just popped in my head and those are the best ones to share. I have had a lot of friends get hacked lately on Instagram and Facebook. And um, you guys have probably all seen it where you start getting these random messages from them and in, in Messenger and their DMs. And it's like, oh, I saw this video and thought of you. And they try to get you to click it. And now you got this. Now you're getting hacked. And 
Um, or I've had people who've had their accounts literally taken away from them and shut down. Like nobody wants that to happen. So there is something that I think everybody should set up. It's called two factor authentication. And you should have that set up both on your Facebook and your Instagram. Think about if you lost your Instagram or your Facebook tomorrow, you would probably cry. Like think about how many photos you have of your friends, your family, your, your husband, your wife, your kids, like parents, all that. Like most of us would probably cry for a significant period of time if we lost our Facebook or Instagram accounts. So I strongly recommend everybody go and turn two-factor authentication on. What that will do is not only require that you put a password in to log in, but then it will have you either uh, send a text message to you to confirm your identity, or there's an app called Authenticator from Google that um, is like a random thing. It's, it's just a, a fancy way to do it to verify your identity. So it just verifies you two different ways versus one. I know it's a little bit of a headache when you log in that it does this, but I promise you that little bit of a headache is a whole lot less painful than losing your entire account. So set up two-factor authentication on Facebook, Instagram, really all of your, anywhere that offers it, you should have it turned on. I'm trying to do you a favor. Makes it difficult for me to log into your shit. It does, I know. <laughs> yeah, if you're like me and other people are logged into your accounts and posting, yeah, I know, it's inconvenient, but you're gonna deal with it because <laughs> I don't want my shit to get stolen or hacked or shut down. So you'll okay. be fine, it's worth it. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys got a ton of value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. See you guys next week. Later.